Peter. Zurich. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Come on, who's grateful for an empty tomb today? Let me hear from you. Thank you, Lord. He's risen. Hey, would you stand to your feet? I want to read the Word of God together today as we prepare our service from Matthew chapter 28. And if you'd allow me to just read the first few verses over you, and then we'll join together towards the end. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and set upon it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Come on, let's read this together this morning. Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen. Come on, give the Lord a clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. He's not in the tomb. He's risen. Hey, it's so good to be with you this morning as you are sitting once again. Find someone next to you there. Just tell them that you're glad to be sitting by them. Want to welcome those of you who are celebrating the resurrection with us online. Regardless of what platform you're joining in, so thankful for your life. Hope the Lord fills your heart, fills your home with his presence today, reminds you about the power of the resurrection. And listen, if you have your Bible with you this morning, turn or click to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And that's the first verse that we'll get to, lots of scripture in today's message. But listen, I'm so excited to be able to preach the word of God to you on Easter Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday morning. Listen, Easter is the most important day in our faith. I would submit to you that it's the most important day of all time. You might say, well, Pastor T, what about Christmas and the virgin birth and all that? Listen, Christmas happened with the cross in mind. Jesus came because he knew before the foundation of time, he knew that he was going to have to come and make things right the way that we would blow it. Come on, don't blame Adam and Eve. If they hadn't done it, I would have blown it for us. <laughs> Christmas happened with the cross in mind. Easter is the most important day of our faith. And I submit to you, it's the most important day of all time. And I hope today that the Lord speaks to you, reminds you of some things or reveals something to you, maybe in a fresh or a new way, about just what Easter accomplished for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he died for you. He rose for you. It's for you, not just the person to your left or your right. Would you allow me to pray over our time together today and pray over our word? I'll pray for us corporately. But listen, right where you sit, man of God, woman of God, those of you joining us online, would you pray and would you ask the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to your heart? to remind you of some things, to reveal some things in you that maybe after today, maybe this is not gonna be just another Easter with all the other things that go along with it, but today something shifts in your life. Something changes in your life. There's a way that maybe like never before you begin to believe what really happened when Jesus came from that tomb matters to you and it empowers you for the life that God's called you and created you for. Father, in Jesus' name, 
Thank you for this time together. What a blessing, what a privilege it is to be gathered as your people in your presence, Lord, and visit your promises. And Lord, I pray over this time, I pray over every man, woman, and young person, I pray over those joining online. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, today. Any of us today, Lord, who are weak or weary or wounded in any way, in any area, physically, Lord, in our physical bodies, spiritually or emotionally, feeling drained or dry, God, maybe relationally, there's strife or strain. I pray today that the message of the cross, the message of the resurrection, the message of Easter would come and do what you intended for it to do, bring life, bring hope, bring freedom in a new way or a fresh way in the life of every believer and every person who today will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And all of God's precious people said, come on, with the shout, say amen, 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 amen. Listen, I wanna talk to you today about the four directions of the cross. And I hope that after this message that you will never see a cross again. That regardless of where you see a cross in artwork or maybe hanging around the neck of a professional athlete or a celebrity, that just even at a glance, just seeing that symbolism, just seeing that imagery of that cross will at a glance remind you of the significance of what Jesus did at the cross for you. He did it for you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Somebody say power of God. God. Listen, when we look at a cross, we see two beams. And that first beam, if you look at that first beam, it, it, it points vertically, it points upward towards heaven. And it can remind you at a glance when you look at a cross that the cross happened to restore relationship with you. And as we look at these four directions, I'm also gonna give you four F's that I believe are encapsulated by those directions. And the first one is family. That Jesus came to make you part of his family. He came to bring you back into his family. Can you imagine a family member that that maybe in your own life, a, a child or a grandchild that had strayed and gone his own way, a prodigal son or daughter, and if it was within your ability to come and make it right and bring them home, that you could do everything within your power, wouldn't you do it? It's what the cross was from, from God on, on high in heaven. He said, go, Jesus, and bring, their, bring them back. Go get your brothers and your sisters. They've been lied to. They've been deceived. They've been intimidated. They've been manipulated. They've been tricked to fall into this lie of sin go tell them we still love them go tell them we still love them and go show them in the most extreme way that we're willing to lay our life down for them to bring them back to a relationship a relationship with the heavenly father that transcends religion when you look at that cross i'm telling you at a glance You could be reminded that that vertical beam was forever intended to speak symbolically and prophetically that God came, Jesus came and died on that cross to restore relationship with you, to make you part of his family. That same beam that points vertically also points downward into the earth. And it's a reminder that Jesus at the cross forever defeated death and the grave. Listen, life on this side of eternity is fleeting. The book of James says it's like a vapor. And listen, I don't care if you get to live just a few hours or if you live the full 120 years that the Bible speaks about that have been allotted to man. Life on this side of eternity is fleeting. A few months ago, I brought in a a rope that a couple of guys brought up here on this platform to help me demonstrate something. It was a white rope and we stretched it out 
30 or 35 foot across this platform and in the middle of that rope I had taken a red sharpie and I had, I had drawn one little thin line on the middle of that sharpie, on the middle of that rope rather, with that sharpie. And I said, look, this, is, this, is, this, this analogy, this illustration doesn't even do it justice. We'd have to have a rope that extended way around me. Oh, you could go around the earth as many times as you wanted. And that little red line on the middle of that white rope would still pale in comparison to what your life on this side of eternity looks like compared with eternity. I'm so thankful that the cross of Jesus Christ defeated death and the grave. Revelation 1, Jesus said again, he said, don't be afraid. Remember that. This is the context of what he's saying. Don't be afraid. You no longer have to fear death in the grave. He said, I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. And watch what he says right here. This is, he's preaching the message of Easter. He says, I died, but now I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys. This is Jesus himself talking red letter words in your Bible. I hold the keys of death and the grave. Come on, that's good news. We don't have to fear death. You know, it's interesting, many Theologians believe that because Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, if you'll remember what he did, he looked down to the disciple that he loved, who was John, and he, he, he charged John with taking care of Mary, his mother. Many theologians believe, and later in the Bible, it's accounted for that Mary did indeed go and live with John. Many theologians believe that that's because it's most likely, it almost would have to be that Joseph had died a premature death, that Jesus' earthly father had died prematurely, and it was the reason that Jesus was charging John to go and to take care of Mary, his mother. And listen, I'm just telling you, I'm speaking to you this, this morning, anyone who's lost a loved one in an untimely way, an unfortunate way, or an unforeseen way, I'm telling you that Jesus is familiar with that pain. And I'm telling you that when he went to the cross, he, maybe he even had, is this something that, I, I know the Bible doesn't clearly speak of it as it regards Joseph's actual death, but again, there's no other reason that he would have been charging John to take care of his mom and the Bible would account if Joseph was still alive. Joseph would have been taking care of her himself. And Jesus was familiar with that pain. And is it possible as he hung upon that cross, he knew, is it possible he knew that, that that family member that he had lost in an untimely way, he was hanging on that cross to forever defeat sin, death, and the grave and to make a way that we might have eternal life. I'm telling you, life on this side of eternity is fleeting. It's temporal, but one day you'll be reunited forever and ever and ever and ever with every family member who was called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important to share the gospel with them. Who's grateful for eternity that the cross of Jesus Christ <laughs> delivered eternity to us when we look at that cross, we can forever be reminded that that vertical beam represents the heart of God to bring us back, to restore us back to relationship with the Father. We can forever be reminded that he defeated death, sin, and the grave, delivered us to forever. There's a second beam that runs horizontally. If you could just picture it in your mind's eye, it just points out this way, and it represents two directions of your life. The cross of Jesus Christ is a powerful statement. Again, I hope you'll never look at a cross any way the same ever, ever again. Any time you see a cross, you'll be forever reminded of everything that Jesus did for you in that moment. The cross represents freedom from your past and forgiveness of your sins. Say, so, wait a minute, Pastor T, that's two Fs. Well, it's an Easter Sunday special. Buy one, get one free, all right? <laughs> you paid for freedom, you get forgiveness. Freedom from your past, forgiveness from your sins. Romans 3 says this, we are made right with God. Say right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 
And this is true for everyone, say everyone, who believes no matter who we are, who is needing to hear that today. God knows where you've been. He knows who you are. He knows what you're involved in. He still went to that cross and died for you. You need to hear it today. Catch this, verse 23, reading on. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. 1 John 1, verse 18 says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves. Here's the good news that we can draw from this. There's not one of us that didn't need the cross, whether you're a, whether you're a preacher or a prostitute. There's not one of us who didn't need the cross of Jesus Christ. You need to hear that today. When we look at that cross, we can be reminded that it forever made a way for us to be set free from the pain of our past, the error of our past, the sin of our past, and be completely forgiven, washed clean. Listen, we all had sinned. There was a price that had to be paid. God's glorious standard. His, he's a perfect God, a holy God. And listen, even if you've just sinned one time, or whether you've turned sin into a full-time recreational sport, every one of us needs God. Listen, on a scale of one to 100, because some people just think, well, I just need to be a better person. I just need to be a good person. But on a scale of one to 100, even on your very best day, how good are you really? And I mean, really, think about your very best day. I mean, really, I, I, get involved in this with me. Think about your very best day, and then would you be willing to assign yourself a number? On a scale of one to 100, what is your number? I mean, your good day. You didn't hit the snooze a third time. You got right up and helped everyone get out the door. You didn't honk or yell at the person that cut you off in traffic. You went early to work, made the coffee for the office. I mean, this is your very best day. On that day, how good of a number, how high of a number are you willing to prescribe to yourself? All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And the cross forever reminds us. I mean, come on, think about it. In the future, when you see a cross hanging around that celebrity's neck, when you see a cross in artwork or on social media, I want you to forever at a glance remember the cross made a way for relationship to be restored, made a way for sin and death and the grave to be defeated, delivering you to eternal life and made a way that you could be set free from, free from the, the pain and the error of your past and forgiven of your sins. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And he came to make sinful people forgiven. There was a price that had to be paid, and, and not you, not I, none of us could ever have paid the price. That's what Jesus came to do. Reminds me of a story of a man who was friends with the county judge. And every month they had a golf game, and one time the friend of the county judge arrived at the golf game a little late because he had been speeding from a business meeting, got pulled over by a state trooper. Come on, shout out to our law enforcement personnel. Cole McGee, where are you at? You're serving around here. Grateful for, for those folks. Come on, give them a hand while we're there. Thankful for the way you serve our community. But he had been pulled over by a state trooper and he had been issued a citation for speeding as he was trying to make up some time, leaving his business meeting to make the tea time at the golf course. And so a few holes into it, he didn't want to lead with it, but a few holes in, he said, hey, judge, I wanted to tell you, I got a ticket from a state trooper. And they kind of talked about the state trooper and said, oh, yeah, that's a good guy. He's a good guy. I see him all the time. He's in and out of the court. And, and the friend said, hey, what, what do you think? Do you think that you could take care of the ticket for me? And the judge said, sure, I'll take care of it for you. Next month at the golf game, the, the, the golfer, the, the friend of the judge had received the notice that the ticket had been taken care of. And, and he said, hey, judge, I want to thank you for dismissing that ticket for me. And the judge said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I, I, you said you took care of the ticket for me. And he said, well, I did, but I didn't dismiss it. 
So what do you mean, judge? And he said, well, were you speeding? And he said, well, yeah, I was. I know none of you would ever speed to make up time from a business trip to wherever you needed to get to. You're all good Christians, good Christian drivers. But he said, were you speeding? And he said, well, yeah, judge, I was speeding. And he said, I took care of it, but I didn't dismiss it. I paid it. I paid it for you. It's a picture of what Jesus did for you. He couldn't overlook it. He couldn't just dismiss it. There was a price that had to be paid. He paid it for you. And in the same way, that ticket is no longer on your record. Not because he could turn a blind eye to it. Maybe God could have done that, but there, it's not the way he set it up. He had to pay the price. It's what Jesus came in to do for you. When you look at the cross, you can forever be reminded that that beam that points back towards your past has set you free of your past because he has forgiven you of your sins. Come on, who's grateful for the forgiveness and the freedom of Jesus Christ, of the cross of Jesus Christ? That, other, that same beam that points towards your past, back towards your past, is pointing towards your future. And by the way, it also intersects right there, and I just... This isn't even in my notes. This is bonus material right here for you. This is a freebie. Those two beams, they intersect, and I believe that represents your present circumstances and situation. I mean, right where you are today. Right where you are today. And maybe there's even another F that I could prescribe to that place, that moment, and that's that God will be faithful to you right where you are today. And I don't know what you're sitting in here walking through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation, what your circumstance. I don't know what has been unforeseen or unexpected. I don't know the story that you don't tell often. I don't know the thing that you don't put on Instagram. But I'm telling you that God does. And I'm telling you that in this moment, you can be assured that God is with you. And he'll never forsake you. And if you'll turn to him and you'll look to him, he will see you out of where you are today into the hope and the future that Jeremiah 29 prophesies over your life that he has for you. That beam points back to your past. It reminds you that the cross took care of your past. It reminds you that he's with you in your present tense situation and circumstances. He's with you. He sees the, he sees the struggle. He sees the doubt. He's not afraid of it. He sees it and he's right there with you. And it speaks of hope for a future, faith for a future. Listen, Jesus came and he died on that cross to pay for our sins, to heal us and to, and to forgive us. But he rose out of that tomb to give us faith for our future. Because the Bible says that the very same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And listen, here's what it did for you. Is it gives you, listen, impossibilities. Faith for impossibilities because of the blood of Jesus that's now coursing through your veins in faith as a believer Faith for impossible things is now forever a part of your DNA. And when you get into a situation and you say, I, I know God has a hope, I know he has a future, but I don't know how we're gonna get there. I thought it was gonna look like this. I thought, we were, I thought my career was gonna advance like this and some things happened and it's been interrupted. I don't know how God's gonna get us there. I'm telling you, you can be reminded that the cross had three days to the story. Easter had three days to the story. There was a Friday, a painful moment that Jesus experienced. I'm telling you, if you read what Jesus accounted to the disciples as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane preparing to go to the cross, you would understand and you would know that Jesus is familiar with painful moments. He's familiar with it. 
He felt it. He, it says, let me just read it to you, Matthew 26, that he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. This is speaking about Jesus. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. I wonder who's faced something that feels so heavy that you've even had thoughts that maybe you would be, people would be better off if you just ended it all. And I'm telling you, God has a plan and a hope for your future. Don't get stuck in the Friday. Don't get stuck in the painful moment. Jesus was familiar with it. Isn't this amazing that the story of redemption, reconciliation, and salvation had these three parts, a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday? I think it was God forever. It was by design because I think it was him saying, I'm going to become so familiar with anything and everything that you could ever walk through in life. And reading on, it says, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, your will be done. I want to encourage you, Jesus experienced a painful moment. That kind of sorrow where he was, he was like, this is so heavy. I don't even know if I could go through with it. But the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You can have faith for your future because Jesus came and in the process of delivering that same power, resurrection power to your life, he endured a painful moment. There was a Friday to the story. There was also a Saturday to the story. And the Saturday of the story is the tomb. And the tomb represents the moments of doubt and delay and disappointment. And can you imagine what the disciples felt as they, 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 they knew what Jesus had talked about in prophetic language, but they had seen their king, their leader, be, be beaten and scourged and hung on the cross and pierced in the side and then taken down lifeless and placed in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. The story of Easter includes a moment of doubt, includes a day of delay. I don't know about you, but if I was Jesus and I had, like the Bible says, Jesus had all of heaven's angels, heaven's armies available to me, I think I would have said, okay, God, I'll go to the cross, but as soon as that guy pierces my side and I'm, and I'm done and I can say, it is finished, I'm coming off that cross with full guns blazing and I'm getting some payback, Mel Gibson style. Jesus, he could have. In my book, he should have. But the story of Easter includes Saturday. Will God really show up? Is he really who he said he is? We know what he said, but is he really who he says he is? Will he really do what he said he'll do? He was familiar with the pain and he was familiar with the season of doubt and delay and disappointment. But I'm telling you, you cannot afford to get stuck in the Friday of your story. And you cannot afford to get stuck in the Saturday of their story, your story, which is where most of us get stuck. We go through something painful, unforeseen, unfortunate, unexpected, undeserved, and we kind of just get stuck in that perpetual place of just holding back and just playing it safe and just not going anymore. I can't, I can't risk being hurt again, Pastor T. We stay in the Saturdays of the story. But I want to encourage you that in almost every testimony, there's a journey, there's a process, there's a testing of your faith. Come on, you can't even spell testimony without faith, without test. 
There's a faith that's gonna, that you're gonna have to walk in to say, right now it feels this way, it looks this way. It, maybe people were looking and saying, see, Jesus isn't really who he said he was. You're gonna have to be willing in the Saturday of your story to know the Sunday's coming. And to be willing to stand in that moment and say, the, the story of Easter reminds me that there was a painful moment. There was a day of doubt and delay and disappointment. But on Sunday, the stone would be rolled away. You got to allow the Lord to keep writing your story. Don't get stuck on Saturday. I was reminded of a war story that's recorded in history books, the, the Battle of Waterloo, England against France. Napoleon was invading and the people of Great Britain knew that if they lost the Battle of Waterloo that they would be learning French and they would become servants to the French. They knew that that was what was at stake at the Battle of Waterloo. There was a general named Wellington who led the great British forces into the battle. And in that day, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have texting. And so there was a great uncertainty in the nation. What's going on? We wonder, is the battle being won or is it being lost? The battle was waged and the report of the battle came back and the way that they would deliver the news of the outcome of the battle was from a ship. And they would use Morse code to flash in the results of the battle. And if you've ever been to Great Britain, you understand that in a moment's time, a heavy fog can descend upon that land. And that ship began to, to, to send the signal, the, the signal to, to deliver the, the communication to the people of Great Britain about the outcome of the battle. And, they, and the signal came through and it said, Wellington, General Wellington, Wellington defeated and the fog descended. And for four hours, word began to spread as the people who had seen the message be flashed in, Wellington defeated, turned and they, be, they went and they said, Wellington's been defeated, Wellington's been defeated, Wellington's been defeated and people were panicking and people were beginning to imagine the worst case scenario, what their future was gonna look like and the future they thought that their kids would have is gonna look a whole different way and they began to brace themselves for the reality of the coming days and weeks when Napoleon would be invading the country and taking over. But four hours later, the fog lifted enough that the final word of the message could be seen. Wellington defeated Napoleon. All along, Napoleon had been defeated and Wellington had been victorious. But there was a moment in time because of a fog that had descended where the people were under the impression that they had been defeated. I'm telling you, the enemy's doing the same thing in many of our lives. He'll come and he'll take a snapshot of a situation or a circumstance and he'll cause fog to come in and begin to take over your life that keeps you from being able to see the faith, the faith that you need for the future that God has for you. And I'm telling you, let God continue to write the message of your life because I believe on that Saturday, there was probably a message that went out. Jesus defeated. And all day Saturday, I was like, oh God, you said. And then on Sunday, when that tomb was rolled away and Jesus folded those, 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 those cloths and came out from that tomb forever victorious, the rest of the message was seen. The fog had lifted. Jesus defeated Satan, death, sin, the, the grave once and for all, for you and for me. That's the good news of Easter. That's the good news of resurrection. <laughs> Let Jesus continue to write your story.
He's not finished with you. And I'm so thankful that the, the story of Easter that God himself ordained and wrote for you and I to not just read, but to live. It took care of, it restored us to relationship. It dealt with sin and death and the grave in a way that we could have forever eternal life. It, it gave us freedom and forgiveness from our past. And it brings us faith for our future. Would you stand to your feet this morning? And I hope you never look at a cross again the same way. I hope you never look at it again without being quickened in your spirit, even if just at a glance, just someone wearing a piece of jewelry or some piece of artwork or maybe the cover of your Bible without just at a glance, just quickly being reminded of everything that Jesus did for you through the story of Easter. He did it for you. So that everyone, so that everyone, regardless of who we are, that's what we just read, could experience family forever, forgiveness and freedom and faith for your future. And the idea that God is faithful to you right now in this moment, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. Listen, if one of those things spoke to you, maybe you felt like an orphan, you felt like God didn't love you, and today you're reminded that he really did love you, and he came to restore you to relationship. Maybe you've had fear of death or fear of premature death, or maybe you've been angry at God because of the untimely or premature death of a family member. Today, this story reminded you about the brevity of this life and the broadness of eternity. Or maybe today you just feel saddled and weighed down by the weight of your sin, condemnation, guilt, shame. Or maybe today you feel like no one sees you, God doesn't see you in your present day challenges, God doesn't see you. Or maybe today you don't, you don't have faith for tomorrow, you're, you're just at the, you're at the end of your rope. Whatever that is for you, would you just respond to God and say, Lord, thank you for reminding me or revealing in me that you're a father and I'm part of your family that I have forever, I have freedom and forgiveness. You're faithful today. You're gonna see me through with faith for my future. Whatever it is for you, would you just respond to God and just begin to just do business. We'll just take a couple minutes before we worship again. Have communion. Say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for revealing that to me or reminding me. He's got, he's got your future. He sees where you're at. He, he, he knows what it's like to go through a painful, unfortunate circumstance that he wished wouldn't have to happen. He's with you. He's got you. Listen, before we receive the Lord's Supper together and worship, I want to give those an opportunity who are far from God to come home to Jesus, to say yes to Jesus to say yes to that invitation that the cross represents to be restored to a relationship with the Heavenly Father who knows who you are and what, where you are and what you're going through, but he loves you too much to leave you in that place. He sent Jesus to make a way to bring you home into relationship, into family, to, that you might experience freedom and forgiveness. 
Listen, if that's you, maybe you once knew God, served God, grew up in the church, but you've made some bad choices, bad decisions, or maybe you've just gotten busy with life and you've drifted from God, you've drifted from church. And today I believe that if that's you, you are not here by accident. You're not tuning in by accident. You're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter. And in that story in the Bible, the prodigal son just took one step onto his father's property and the father came running to welcome him and greet him and embrace him. And and he threw a party for all the rest of the servants and the family rejoicing over just the one who came home. Maybe that's you today. Or maybe you've never experienced what it feels like to give your life to Jesus and receive the forgiveness of the cross, the weight of guilt and sin and shame and condemnation that the enemy and that the spirit of this world tries to riddle us with and saddle us with and weight us down with to hinder us and keep us from moving forward to God's best life, his abundant life. If that's you, you rest in any one of those camps or anywhere in between right now. Don't wait, don't delay right now. As your heart is burning, as your heart is quickening under the preaching of the gospel right now, lift your hand high towards heaven and say, that's me. I I need to come home to my family. I need to come home to my father. I need to experience the freedom and the forgiveness of my path. I need faith for my future right now. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. Thank you, Lord. If you're online joining us, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that you might also just stand to your feet, lift your hand high towards heaven. You're, You're not responding to a person or a preacher. You're responding to your father. And this is just an outward side of something that he's doing on the inside of your heart washing you and cleansing you and and bringing you back into a place of relationship in spite of you. Lord, thank you. Thank you. One more moment. Anyone else? You need to come home to your Father. You need to experience forgiveness. You can't pay that price on your own. Thank you, Lord. Well, you can put your hand down if you lifted it in the room. And Listen, with those who lifted their hands in this room, with those who responded online across all the platforms, that are joining us today, let's pray this prayer with them. And if you're a regular part of Rev City, you know we do this every week. We do this every week because it's, it's at the life of our, it's at the center, it's at the heart of our mission to reach people for Jesus. And we pray this prayer with those people because we quickly wanna come alongside them and just show them that there's a family, there are brothers, there are sisters that wanna come alongside them to begin to strengthen them, encourage them, welcome them, minister to them, help them become set free of some things that have maybe been holding them back to begin to run the race that God has for them. That's why we pray it along with them. And secondly, we pray it along with them because even as we as believers are growing in our faith, we realize, we recognize that we never graduate from grace. We still need the forgiveness of the cross and the resurrection life of Jesus today as much as we ever have. So come on, maybe with a fresh boldness and passion that comes on Easter Sunday as we remember the cross and we remember the the tomb and we remember it being rolled away, let's pray this prayer with those precious people. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you my life and I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, because of the risen life of Jesus, come on, say it, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And come on now with all of heaven, rejoice over the prodigal sons and daughters and the precious men and women who came home to Jesus.